The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. If uh, you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up to the book of Acts. And we're in a series right now called The Rest of the Story, where we have been talking for the last several weeks about the Holy Spirit and his role in our life. Uh, in the first week of the series, we talked about how he is a helper that God has sent to help us, to walk alongside us. Jesus said, I'm going to send you a helper, and he's going to be like me, and he's going to walk with you, he's going to lead you, he's going to guide you, he's going to empower you, he's going to be there for you. And so we talked about that in week one. Last week, we talked about uh, who the Holy Spirit is, what, what the Holy Spirit is, because some people think of him as a what, but really he is a who. And we, we said that he is God, he is not weird, <laughs> and, and he is a person. And what's great about him being a person is because he is a person, we can have a personal relationship with him. Because we don't have personal relationships with things and forces and it's, unless we're weird. <laughs> but but he's, he's a person. It's real clear in scripture. And, and here's the thing, because he's a person, we can have a personal relationship. And because he's God, we can have a personal relationship with God through the person of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? And so I'm hoping at this point in the series, two weeks in, that you're starting to really you know, see and, and, and appreciate and understand and get a concept of how important the Holy Spirit is and his role is in our lives. And this weekend, I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. And what I want to talk to you about today is, is about walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, about being fully empowered, fully locked in with what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. And in order for you to experience that, uh, there is another baptism that you have to understand that's available to us as believers. In fact, I'm calling this message this morning another baptism because there is another baptism that we as Christians are called to step into that helps us to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, okay? So I have three points for you this morning. If you're taking notes, uh, write these things down. We're going to spend a lot of time in the third point, uh, but I want to I outline these three different bapti- baptisms to you this morning. So if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, look at the person beside you and say, what's wrong with you? Take notes, okay? We learn more when we take notes. So take notes. All right, number one, write this down. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. The first baptism that we receive is the baptism at salvation. This is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is where the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. Look at this. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13 says this. For by one Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Okay, so this is talking about the body of Christ. It's talking about the family of God. And at salvation, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into into Jesus. He baptizes us with Jesus and into Jesus, into the family of God. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when we're baptized into the family of God through Jesus Christ, okay? So that's baptism number one. Baptism number two is water baptism. Taking notes, write this down. Number two, the disciple baptizes us in water. The disciple baptizes us in water. Notice I didn't say it's the pastor that baptizes us in water, the holy man. It's the disciple. So it can be be a dad baptizing his kids. It can be any disciple who wants to baptize someone can baptize them. And this is, this is really clear in Scripture. Jesus said this in Matthew 28, 19. He said, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And water baptism, and we're going to be doing one this summer. It's coming up. We'll, we'll let you know more about that. But water baptism is, is a couple of things. One, it's an outward expression of the inward change. 
It's us kind of declaring to the world the change that's happened on the inside of us. It's making an outward declaration of that on the outside. But it's also a cutting off. It's, it's moving beyond where we used to be into what we, who we are now. If, if you remember uh, when the children of Israel were escaping from Egyptian captivity, the Bible talks about how they were baptized in the Red Sea. They walked across the Red Sea And what happened? Well, the Red Sea came crashing down on their slave masters and on the old way of life. And they got to step into the new life that God was calling them to. That's that's water baptism. Now, most people have no problem with with those two, right? Most all of you probably know about those two. Many of you have experienced those. But I want you to see today is there's actually a third baptism that God wants you to experience. And that is, number three, if you take a note, Jesus baptizes us into the Holy Spirit. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. The first baptism of salvation, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the family of God. He baptizes us into Jesus. In this baptism, Jesus baptizes you into the Holy Spirit. All right, let me show this to you. Uh, Matthew chapter 3, this is John the Baptist talking here. And I want you to see what he says here. Matthew 3, verse 11, he says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about the Messiah. He's talking about the chosen one who's coming to fix all the sin problems that are in the world and and, and change the way that people are living. He's coming. Whose sandals I, I am not worthy to carry, he, Jesus, will baptize you with, or other translations say in, with or in can be, can be exchanged there, with or in, in the Holy Spirit and fire, okay? So let me, let me clarify this to you, okay? So in 1 Corinthians 12, we read earlier, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into Jesus. In Matthew chapter 3, what we just read, Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. You see the difference? One, Jesus is baptizing you in the Holy Spirit. The other, the Holy Spirit's baptizing you into Jesus. These are two different subjects doing the baptism. These are two different baptisms, okay? It's kind of like this, okay? Imagine that one day you're at a party, and you're hanging out, you know, by the punch bowl, just kind of doing your thing, putting out the vibe, whatever it is that you do at a party. And all of a sudden, this guy comes up to you, and, and his name is John, and John starts talking to you. So you start talking to John, you start getting to know John a little bit. And then a few minutes later, this guy, Bob, comes up. And when Bob comes up, John knows Bob. So John introduces you to Bob. And he starts telling you things about Bob. Well, then a few minutes pass by, and John sees somebody else across the room. So then he goes and starts talking to somebody else, and you're left there with Bob. And, and when John leaves, Bob starts telling you more things about John that you didn't know. So he's starting to introduce you more to John. Okay, so here's what happened. John introduced you to Bob, and then Bob introduced you to John. It's not the same thing, is it? It's two different things, two different subjects introducing you to two different people. And that's what this verse shows us. See, here's what happens. At salvation, the Holy Spirit introduces you to Jesus. And then when you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, Jesus introduces you in a greater way to the Holy Spirit. That's good, isn't it? That's what, that's what God does. Now, if this is true, uh, if there is a third baptism, shouldn't we see this in the life of Jesus? Jesus is our example, is he not? Jesus is our example. We're Christians. That means that we're Christ followers. We're following the example of, of Jesus. So do we see these, these three things in the life of Jesus, at work in the life of Jesus? Okay, so first of all, was Jesus saved? Well, the Bible talks about salvation as being born again. 
that when you accept Jesus into your heart, that he comes to live in you, and you receive a new spirit, so that your spirit is born again, it's made new. You get a brand new spirit in Jesus Christ. And in that spirit, and in this process, you come into the family of God. And, and listen, this is awesome. You are made perfect before God. Now, you're not perfect in your performance, because none of us are perfect in our performance. We all make mistakes. We all screw up from time to time. But here's what, what happens. We become perfect in our position with God. Because of Jesus Christ, by grace, through faith, we're saved and made right in the eyes of God. And we can have fellowship with God through Jesus Christ. Now, that's amazing. So was Jesus ever saved? Well, uh, not in the sense that we are. And here's why. Because Jesus didn't need to be born again. Because he was born right the first time. He was born a child of God into this world. He was of the seed of God and, and, of, the, uh, and of woman. So he was born into the family of God, and he never sinned. He never made a mistake. So he, he was already saved. So he was walking in salvation. He wasn't saved in the sense that, that we come to be born again, but he was in the family of God, saved. And because of him, here's what's awesome, because of him, we can be just like him. We can be saved and set in the same kind of relationship with God that Jesus had when he walked on earth. That's amazing. Okay, So Jesus was saved. How about water baptism? Well, in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see that Jesus is water baptized by John the Baptist, that he is submerged in water and he comes up. And then right after that, we see him being Holy Spirit baptized. Remember, it talks about in, in all four Gospels, it says that, that after he was water baptized, that the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. In that moment, he received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in his life. Now, here's a question for you. If Jesus... The Son of God, who is God, if he needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, to fulfill the mission. Because listen, he, it was after that that he went and began to fulfill his mission here on earth. Do miracles and, and preach. It was after that. If he needed that, if, if Jesus, remember we talked about this in week one, he told his disciples, don't go, don't go do anything until you receive this. If the disciples and Jesus were... were did not needed this gift of the Holy Spirit in order to do what God called them to do. How much more do you think me and you do? Amen. Right? This is an amazing thing that God has for us. Okay, so I want to I show you this in Scripture. I want to make this really clear today. I really want to, to paint this picture to you today of these three things. If you're taking notes this morning, write down three words. Write down water, write down spirit, and write down salvation. These are the three baptisms, and I want to show you these over and over again, these three baptisms in, in verses in Scripture, especially in the book of Acts. We see this as the new church is being built. We see this over and over again, and I want to show you even in some pictures in the Old Testament. I want, to, I want you to see this very clearly this morning so you can understand this, all right? All right, so Acts chapter 2 is where we're going to start, Acts chapter 2. And in Acts 2, uh, this happens right after the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit descended on the disciples in the upper room. You've probably heard that story before. They're in this upper room, and the Holy Spirit descended. He came in, and these flames of tongues of fire appeared above their head, and they began to speak in another language and speak in tongues. And this is the day that the Holy Spirit came descending onto the people, all right? So this happens, and right after that, Peter goes out, or I'm sorry, yeah, Peter goes out, and he begins to preach, and he starts preaching this gospel message and pointing people to, to the fact that Jesus is the Messiah. 
All right, so we'll pick it up in verse 37. It says, now when they heard this, this is talking about all these people that heard Peter preach this message, that gospel message that day. It says, they were cut to the heart and told Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? In other words, here's what happened. They heard this message of Jesus Christ and they said, okay, what's our next steps? What, what do we need to do? All right, look what it says next. And I want you to notice as we look at this, I want you to look for these three things, these three baptisms here, okay? Then Peter said to them, repent. All right, that's the first step. That's salvation. We repent and we believe. We repent for our sins. We believe in Jesus Christ. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That's water baptism. He says you need to repent. You need to get water baptized. And then he says, uh, it goes on to say, for the, for the remission of sins. And then it says this, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see the three things? We see Peter says you need to repent, you need to get saved, you need to be water baptized, and you need to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, some people would argue that this gift of the Holy Spirit was just for the 12 disciples and the 120, that it was just kind of at the beginning of the church being launched, it was something that that God did just to help the church kind of get, get off on the right foot. Now, here's my problem with that. That's not what Jesus said. Acts chapter 1, we read this in week 1, he was, he was getting ready to ascend up to heaven. And before he goes, he's telling his disciples his last words. He says, I want you to wait. He says this, let me refresh you on this. He says, wait for the promise of the Father. Remember that word promise. Hang on to that. We're going to come back to that in just a second. Which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So, so Jesus says, wait for the promise. And the promise is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Okay? So... Peter tells these people to get saved. He tells them all this. And then he says this in verse, Acts chapter 2, verse 39. Look at what he says. Talking about the Holy Spirit, he says this. For the promise. Remember that word promise? What's he talking about? The Holy Spirit. He's talking about what Jesus told him was the promise. He said this promise, that Jesus said this, guys. The Son of God said this. Jesus. For this promise, he says, is to you and to your children and to all, everybody say all. All is all, right? Is all some. He didn't say some. He said all. To all who are afar off. Now look at this next part. As many as the Lord our God will call. Will, not did call. Will call. You know who will call is? Me and you. <laughs> this gift of the Holy Spirit is for everybody. It's for the people that were there. It's for the future. This is for us. This gift of the Holy Spirit is for me and you. Okay, now I want to go to jump over to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, Philip goes to Samaria and he's preaching more on this gift of the Holy Spirit. Or he's, he's preaching them this gospel message, actually. And he says this, uh, or it says this about him. He goes and he preaches, and it says in verse 12, but when they believed, okay, notice once again that's salvation. They believed. Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. That's water baptism, okay? So they, they believed and, and they were baptized. There's two of the baptisms. Now, what about the third baptism? We'll jump down to verse 14. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they heard about Philip going and preaching. They heard that people got saved. Look at what they did. They sent Peter and John to them who told them that they had everything that they needed. Is that what it says? That's not what the Bible says. What does it say? It says, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. 
Why would Peter and John, apostles of Jesus Christ, why would they pray for these guys to receive the Holy Spirit if they already received all the Holy Spirit they needed at salvation? And then look at what it says next. This is so clear. For as yet, the, as yet he, talking about the Holy Spirit, had fallen upon none of them. And they're saved. But it says it had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. It's pretty clear. Three baptisms. All right, go to Acts chapter 19. I know I'm giving you a lot of verses this morning, but I want you to see this. This isn't just my opinion. This isn't just... Somebody else, this is what the word of God says in the church of Acts that Jesus was building after he ascended to heaven. This is amazing. Acts chapter 19. And once again, as we read this, I know we've already read this in week one, but I want to read it this day, today and I want you to look for those three baptisms, all right? And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. What are disciples? They're followers of Jesus. Disciples, they're disciples. These guys are They've saved, and, we'll, and I'll show you that in here in just a minute. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, look at me. This is Paul. Paul, okay? This is Paul who wrote a third of the New Testament. That's just a little bit over a third more than me and you wrote, right? <laughs> or anybody else, for that matter. This is Paul who talked about, in the Bible, he talked about how there were things that he couldn't put down because they would be too hard for us to understand. I have a hard time understanding the stuff he did put down. This is Paul who ascended. The Bible talks about he ascended to the third heaven. I'm just trying to get to the first heaven, guys. This is Paul. Paul, okay? You getting me? This guy knows his stuff. He was responsible for writing the theology of the New Testament, a third of it. That's amazing. And what does he do? Paul finds some disciples. And what does he say? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? If you receive the Holy Spirit in the fullness that you need to upon salvation, then why would the greatest apostle in the history of mankind <laughs> ask these guys if they received it? Here's what he's asking them. Did you, did you pray to receive this baptism in the Holy Spirit? Look what it goes on to say. They said to him, we have not so much even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. So now Paul's going, well, I better check out and see if these guys are actually even saved. It says verse 3, and he said to them, into what were, then were you baptized? So they said to him, into John's baptism. Now John's baptism is a, if it's done correctly, is a picture of salvation. Because he baptized a baptism of repentance and a belief in the Messiah, the one who was to come, Jesus. In fact, Paul says this. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance saying to the apostles they should believe that salvation, repent and believe on him who would come after them, that is Jesus Christ. That's how you get saved. You repent for your sins and you believe in Jesus Christ. And apparently that's what these guys had done. Verse five, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's water baptism. And then verse six, and when he laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. You see the pattern here over and over again in the book of Acts. Of, of this church being built and these disciples being passionate, people being passionate about making sure these people understand the fullness of walking with the Holy Spirit like they're supposed to. 
This was important. And you know what's interesting? We see this in Acts 1, Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, and Acts 19. These, these things of, of water baptism, spirit baptism, salvation. We see it over and over again. Now typically, uh, theologians would tell you that if you find a pattern in Scripture three times, that it's considered doctrine. And we've got it five times here in the book of Acts and beyond that, this was years that passed between these, these verses being read. Sometimes we read this and we think this is a matter of days, but it really wasn't. Um, Acts chapter 8 happened five years after the day of Pentecost. So five years later, they're still making sure people are receiving this baptism in the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 10, which we didn't even read this morning, but it's, it's in Acts 10, these Gentiles receive the Holy Spirit. And we see that pattern of water, spirit, salvation. We see that there. That happened 10 years after the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 19 that we just read here with Paul happens 25 years after the day of Pentecost. 25 years later, Paul is still checking with people to make sure that they are walking in the fullness of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he understood how important this was to people walking out the life that God called them to walk out. The empowerment, the, the help that the Holy Spirit brings and provides to our life. He knew how important this was for them. You guys tracking with me this morning? This is good stuff. Okay, so I want, you, I want to show you something else. First John chapter 5. First John chapter 5. Uh, I, want, I want you to see how, what, this holy, what this baptism helps us to do. Okay, First John chapter 5 verse 7 it says this. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Now notice the verbiage there. These three bear witness in heaven. And they're one. Now, it's talking about the Trinity here. The Father is God the Father. The Word is, is Jesus. Jesus was the Word made flesh. Uh, in Revelation 19, he's called the Word. Okay, so it's the Father, Jesus, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. It's talking about the Trinity here. The Trinity, it, the, the Trinity bears witness to what? Bears witness to the supernatural life. Bears witness to the ability to walk in the empowerment of God, that there is a God, that he's at work, that he is real, and he wants to minister to people's lives, okay? So those things bear witness in heaven. Well, what about here on earth? Well, the next verse talks about this. Now, as we read this, um, you need to understand something. Sometimes salvation is referred to as, as repent and believe, but there are other pictures that sometimes speak to salvation, and one of them is blood, Jesus shed his blood on the cross. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So sometimes when we see blood in scripture, it's pointing to salvation, okay? Remember that as we read this. Once again, look for three baptisms here. And there are three that bear witness on earth. The Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit. The water, that's water baptism. And the blood, that's salvation. And these three agree as one. Three that agree in heaven are the Trinity, that bear witness to the supernatural life, and the three that help you to, to bear witness to the supernatural life here is walking in the fullness of the completed work of the cross, which is what Jesus came to do, which is all three of these baptisms. See, when we get saved, we become a new person. The old person is washed away. We get a new spirit. We're born again. We get new life. When we're water baptized, it's a picture of cutting off of the old person and stepping into the newness of life. And then when we receive the Holy Spirit, we get the power to walk in the newness of life. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. That's the supernatural. That's what Jesus came. That's the completed work of the cross that he's called for each and every one of us to walk in and experience here on earth. 
Now, remember, you only need salvation to be saved. You remember when Jesus was hanging on the cross, the thief that was there with him that turned to him and he said, remember, remember me? And Jesus said that you will be with me in heaven. Remember that? He, he never got water baptized. He never got Holy Spirit baptized. I'm sure he would have been really happy to go ahead and do that that day. You know, come down off the cross that he's being crucified on. Hey, guards, I promise I'll come right back. Just, yeah, you know, just between, it'll be good, I'll, I promise. But, but he didn't, he wasn't afforded that opportunity. But he still is in heaven this day because he believed in Jesus. And that's all it takes to get to heaven. But listen, the problem that I see so often that I've experienced is I come across people who maybe believe in those first two baptisms, but they don't walk in the fullness of what God has for them, and so they live these defeated lives. Because they don't have the power to walk in the victory that Jesus won for them because they're not empowered by the person of the Holy Spirit walking with them, saturating them, helping them in their, in their life the way he wants to. If you want to live victoriously here on earth, you need to get Holy Spirit baptized. And it's possible, I, I think, that one of the reasons why so many Christians, so many believers sometimes are walking and, and not walking in the victory God has for them is because they haven't experience this third baptism. They're only experiencing two of the three baptisms that God's called us to, all right? So I want to show you one more thing, okay? And, and this, the reason I want to show you this is because this points to this at, in the Old Testament. Because I've shown you in the book of Acts, I've shown you in the life of Jesus, I've shown you in the New Testament, but I want to show you how it points back to some things that we see in the Old Testament. 1 Corinthians 10, if you want to look this up uh, on your own sometime, 1 Corinthians 10, verse, verse 6 and verse 11 talk about how the Old Testament was, was, was made for our instruction and our example. That we can look at the stories in the Old Testament and we can see instruction and examples. And one of the examples that we see throughout the Old Testament is, is a picture of the Messiah. There's all sorts of things that allude, and allude to in the Old Testament that a Messiah is coming, that Jesus is coming. And one of those people that's in the Old Testament that pointed to the Messiah was Moses. Now, I'm not saying that Moses was the Messiah, okay? What I'm saying is Moses was a person who was a, a figure that, that kind of foreshadowed the Messiah that was to come later in Jesus. If, if you think about it, what, it, what did uh, Jesus do? Jesus came to free us from our sins, to, to take us out of that. Well, what did Moses come to do for the Israelite people? He came to free them from slavery. So he's a, he's a type and a shadow of, of the Savior that would come later, of the Messiah. Another thing we see in the Old Testament is with the Israelite people, when they escaped from, from Egyptian captivity and were begin walking in the newness of life, they had something that led them. And it was a cloud by day, and it was a fire by night. And that's a picture of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the, the cloud and the, and the fire, there's lots of things that point to uh, the, the dove, oil, the cloud, fire. These all point to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you remember on the day of Pentecost, those tongues of fire above their head, when Jesus said, you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. So they were led by this. Now, as we, as you, now think about that as I read you these next verses. I want you to look for these, these pictures here. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1 says this, Moreover, brethren... I do not want you to be unaware of all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. So this is talking about um, when the children of Israel, when they were coming out of Egypt. Okay, now, as we read this next verse, look for the figurative language here. And I want you to look for one word in particular. Verse 2, all were baptized. Baptized in three things. Into Moses, their type of Christ, 
their Messiah, so to speak, in the cloud, it's the Holy Spirit, and in the sea, water baptism. Isn't that cool? It's all over the Bible. I, I could give you more, but we got to stop somewhere. <laughs> but what I want you to see here is, it, it says it so clearly, and it specifically uses the word baptized. And this is Old Testament. That's amazing what God does there. But here's what I want you to see. These three baptisms are for us as believers. And God wants you to walk in it. He wants you to experience it. And, and I think there's a lot of reasons why people don't. There's a lot of reasons why people maybe have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One of which is they maybe didn't even realize that they, it was something that was needed or something necessary. A lot of people think that all the Holy Spirit that you, you get is when you get saved. And, and listen, when you get saved, you actually do receive the Holy Spirit. But there is a baptism in the Holy Spirit that Jesus wants you to experience where, where he, he comes and he saturates you with the Holy Spirit. He, he empowers you with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gets all over you, in you, around you, and, and totally changes you and helps change you into who it is God's called you to be. And you know, the best way I know how to explain this is talking about pickles. Uh, there was, a, there was a, uh, a Greek physician, and 200 years before Jesus, he wrote a recipe for how to make pickles. And in this recipe, he used two words that have to do with baptism to talk about how you make a pickle. Uh, one is bapto, bapto. Bapto means to dip. Uh, and then the other is baptizo. Baptizo is where we get the word baptism. And look at what it means. It means to immerse, submerge, to overwhelm and to saturate. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Okay, so here's how this works. Before a pickle can be a pickle, it starts as a cucumber, right? And cucumbers, let's be real, they're kind of nasty. <laughs> now you may say, no, I, I like cucumbers. No, you don't, okay? Here's what you like. You like using cucumbers to get other things that you like into your mouth. You like ranch, you like hummus. And so you use the pickle as a, or the cucumber as a medium to get the other stuff to you. Or you like a little crunch in your salad. But nobody just loves it. Nobody's just going to the fridge and pulling out a cucumber and sitting down gnawing on that thing. Because it's not good. It's gross. It's got kind of a bitter taste to it. And yeah, you know, it's just not good. But pickles are another thing. Anybody like pickles? Any women not like pickles? I, I have a theory on this. You don't like pickles? You like the Packers, too, so you don't count. <laughs> but, okay, but pickles are awesome, right? Because you can take pickles, you can slice them up, you can put them on a cheeseburger. That's great, right? You can, you, can, you can cut them into wedges and eat them with a sandwich. You can dice them up and put them on a hot dog. Pickles are good. And here's how I can prove that pickles are better than cucumbers. You can go to a sporting event or you can go to a movie and you can buy a pickle in a little bag of its own juices. You cannot do that with a cucumber, okay? So pickles are better than cucumbers. But in order for a pickle to become a pickle, it starts off as a cucumber and it has to go through a baptism process. Now, when I was growing up, uh, my grandma, her name is Mimi, and Mimi is amazing. She's about this tall and uh, she's a firecracker. And she, she lived out on a farm in West Texas and she makes pickles, and they are the best pickles you've ever had. I kid you not. Mimi's Pickles, I don't know why we have not franchised this before. They're so good. Everyone who's ever had them has said, this is the best pickle I've ever had. They're incredible. Right, Sarah? 
Dad, you guys are here. Yes, they're unbelievable. And so, but when we were kids, we would get to help her make pickles sometimes. It was, it was a lot of fun. So in order to make a pickle, there's a process. And the first part of the process is you have to prepare the pickle to receive the pickling, okay? Or the cucumber to receive the pickling. So you have to take, you get a big pot of boiling water and you put a little salt and I can't remember what else she puts in it. But you take the cucumber and you do a dip in the boiling water. Just dip it in and you take it back out. And somehow uh, that process helps break down some of the enzymes on the cucumber and it helps prepare the cucumber to later receive the pickling that's going to happen later. It, it prepares it for that. Now, this is a kind of a picture of salvation. What happens to us at salvation? At salvation, we get saved and we get prepared to receive a greater baptism that, that God wants us to experience. So then once, once you've dipped them, you do the bapto thing, then you're going to, we have this brine that we make. And she puts all of her, you know, 11 herbs and spices, whatever it is, into this brine. And then we take the cucumber and we baptizo it into this brine. And we actually put it in these jars and you seal it up. And then a change begins to take place. And over time, the cucumber begins to change and and be converted into a pickle. And the cucumber would, would then take on and absorb the solution and it would transform it, begin to transform it and change it. And whatever you would bapto it in, whatever you baptize, I'm sorry, baptizo it in, baptize it in, would be what it would end up tasting like, what it would end up becoming. Now, here's the thing. This is what happens at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We get pickled in the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And we begin to take on the flavor of God. The Holy Spirit begins to come, and he begins to transform us and change us. And we begin to walk in the fruit. You know the fruit of the Spirit that you've heard about, love, joy, peace, patience, all that stuff that's really hard to do, right? The Holy Spirit helps us to walk that out. He empowers us. He changes us. He helps us to to renew our minds and get ourselves in the right place to stop thinking like the old dead man and start walking in the newness of life that God has called us to. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's a change. It's an absorption. It's a change that God wants to do in our life. But listen, in order for us to experience that, we have to ask for it. We have to ask for it. Now, this is what the Bible says. This is what Jesus said about this in Luke Chapter 11, talking about the Holy Spirit. I want you to notice this. This is my last verse. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Verse 12, or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Here's what Jesus is saying. No good father is going to give his child something bad when they ask for something good. He's not going to give them something that's going to hurt them. Something that's going to, not, a good father would never do that. Now look what it says next, verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit, look what it says next, to those who ask Him? We've got to ask for it. So my question to you this morning is, have you ever asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Jesus tells us here that the Father wants to give you this, and He's a good Father. And and He's not going to give you something bad. He's not going to give you something that hurts you, something that embarrasses you, something that does does you wrong. That's not who He is. He's a good Father. He wants to give you a good gift. And He gives that gift to His children. You need to be saved in order to receive this, to His children who ask for it. So we've got to ask. I hope you see today that this is available. I really hope you do. 
This baptism is available for all, but we have to ask for it in order to receive it. So how do, how do, we, how do we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It's super easy. It really is. You have to ask and you have to believe. You ask and you believe. The same way you receive salvation, the same way you receive healing, is how you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's made available by grace. Grace makes it available. What Jesus did makes it available. And we receive it by faith. We believe that it's available and we believe that we can have it. That's what you have to do. And so today, I know that there's people here that have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I would love to, to pray for you today to receive that. And it's not, it's not weird. It's not creepy. We're not going to ask you to, to manifest anything. Uh, we're, we just want you to receive this gift that God has for you that's available to you. That the disciples and Paul said, you got to have this. You need it. They knew how, what a difference it could make in people's lives. So here's, what, here's how I'd like to do this today. Um, I'm going to ask you to be bold today. I'm going to ask you to, in a moment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to stand up and to be bold and to put down your pride and be willing to say, I, I want to receive that gift. And I'm going to pray for, for you from up here. And we're going to pray a prayer. And you are going to be baptizoed. You're going to be pickled in the Holy Spirit. It's a good gift that God wants to give you today. And here's, here's the thing about it. Je Remember we said Jesus is the one that baptizes us this way? So Jesus ain't going to do anything bad to you. You can trust Jesus. He's good. He loves you. He's got good things in store for you. So I'm going to ask you to be bold. And, and, and I remember last time we, we did this here at the church, so many people got filled with the Spirit. And, and, and I'm telling you, if you talk to them, they would tell you it was a game changer. If you find yourself struggling, if you find yourself having a hard time walking this thing out, it's because you don't have this gift that Jesus wants you to have. Don't walk away from this place without it today. So if that's you today, I want to invite you right now, be bold. And would you stand up? Be bold. Don't be shy. Come on. There you go. Awesome. Come on, stand up if you need this. Awesome. I know there's more of you. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, don't be shy. Just stand up. You can still, you can still come late to the party. It's all good. Come on, stand up. All right, let's do this. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to put out your hands like this. Put out your hands, those of you that are standing. And this is just kind of in, a, in an act of receiving. I remember when I was a kid, my dad would take me outside and he'd, he'd put logs in my hands to carry logs in for the fireplace. And so I'd have to put my hands like this. And that's how I, I received something from him. Okay, this is kind of what you're doing. You're receiving, you're going to receive this gift from Jesus. Okay, so this is coming from Jesus. So that's who we're going to talk to. So would you pray this with me? Say, Jesus. I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. It's that simple. All right? Now let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for these people that are standing today, these people that are bold enough to, to be willing to stand up and receive this gift. And I pray, Lord, that you would, like you did with, with the disciples, like you did with the people in Scripture, you would baptize them right now. You would empower them with your Holy Spirit. Give them the empowerment they need to walk out the godly life that you've called them to walk out. I thank you, Lord, that they're going to see a change in their life. They're going to see an empowerment come into them that helps them to walk out this Christian life you've called them to walk out in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, everybody said,
Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.